This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome to it, everybody. Another edition of Gwen and Chris Wednesday afternoon coming at you for the next four hours on San Diego's number one Sports Talk Station, 97.3 The Fan. Chris Ello broadcasting from beautiful, yes, put it on your bucket list now, Logan, Utah. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, much more familiar and comfortable surroundings there at the Odyssey Palace Studios in San Diego. How are you guys? I'm uh, trusting that the weather is a little nicer there and the rain has gone away. The rain has uh, subsided. Still gray for the most part outside, but a little gray though. It's nice right. it's nice not to to be wet for, you know, at least the next 3 or 4 days. I hear there's another storm coming next week though, so. Yeah, well, the, the storms mean different things in different places. <laughs> I understand there's a storm due in here to Logan, Utah tonight around midnight that's going to dump a bunch of snow on the area, but oh, that for now fun. Yes, a balmy 36 degrees as uh, we get ready for our Aztec women's basketball game later tonight. Guys, we've got a good show lined up and uh, included a little bit later on will be another edition of our fantabulous sports game show. And uh, Matt Scraby will be looking to get on the board for the first time in 2024. I wanted to say one thing, Tony, before we get started tonight. Have at it. And I didn't get a chance to get into it yesterday because I was on for such a short time. But on Monday night, uh, during the rainstorm, as you guys remember, I had to go referee basketball. And so I had the occasion to be in the car after our show was over. And so I tuned in for the first time to the Scraby Chronicles. And I'm going to tell you, Tony, what I told Mr. Scraby yesterday. He is doing an excellent job on that show. He sounds really, really good. Yeah. And I, I wanted to pass along my congratulations. And I, and I want to invite everybody who hasn't yet stayed tuned after our show to listen to Mr. Scraby from 6 to 7. You know, Tony, he even talked about the 49er Lions game or the 49er, uh, what was it, Packer Packers, game. yeah. Yes, he even talked about that on his show Monday without sounding like a full-blown homer. I, I was, I, I was, you know, very, very proud of him. So. I, I have to say, it's funny that you bring this up. Oh, uh, no. I had basically, it's my first cousin, but he's basically my my brother. Uh, come to the house, we were watching the Laker game, and he's he listens to our show all the time. And it's funny that you happen to bring this up today because sitting there watching the game halftime, and he goes, "You know what, man." I'm not going to lie to you. 
I thought the Scraby Chronicles were going to be uh, horrible. <laughs> I, wow. I mean, this is a true wow. story. Wow. This is a true story. But I tell you what, man, Scraby is doing a really good job. He's I was blown away by wow. by how good it actually was. I, he's I, I can't I can't stress this enough. I thought it was going to be bad, but it, it's not. It's really really good. <laughs> so that so that is like it, it, I mean it, there's it, a compliment I, in there somewhere, Scrape. I promise you that I didn't talk to Chris about this. This was something that just happened to come up yesterday about how good of a job yeah. you're doing with your hour. Wow. And uh, Chris is only confirming that. Well, thank you. Yeah, you sounded really good. Uh, and and I, I really enjoyed your I actually one of those situations that I know happens to our listeners once in a while. But I arrived at my destination just as you were bringing up your question of the night, which was, is kicker the worst position in sports <laughs> to be if you fail? Yeah. And I really wanted to hear you know what people said about that. And I didn't get to hear the response. I thought that was a good subject matter. And I was curious how that turned out. Thank you for uh, saying that, Chris. Thank you for saying that, Tony. I didn't pay these guys either. Uh, in, in fact, you guys know me. I probably stress out more than anyone, and I'm probably sitting there thinking, man, this is the worst thing I've ever done. And That's then, part of the reason why I felt like we I needed to say that at least. Yeah. I know half of the time you think... You're doing yes. a horrible job, and that's not the case. Yeah. Anyway, so the question is, kicker the worst position in sports when you fail? Uh, some of the answers, people agreed, but some of the answers were goalie. Tony and I talked about goalie before he left the studio, and we said, yeah, but goalie, you're not really you're required not yeah, to you're, save. You're not expected to and make those And you have to put saves. him in the position of game winner or eliminating kick type right. thing. Right, which would, be, which would be in soccer would be a peak penalty kick. Yeah, right? which isn't that much pressure on the goalie, I don't think. No. I mean, there's pressure. But... And then they, someone else said a closer uh, giving up a walk-off home run. But I was like, if you're a closer giving up a walk-off home run in the World Series to end the World Series, I think that might surpass kicker. <laughs> but if kicker misses a Super Bowl field goal, that's also pretty bad, too. Uh, and then yeah, we got the one, one more was, sorry, oh, Chris, um, the last one why can't I think of it all of a sudden? Um, Why can't I think of the closer in Philly, Mitch? Mitch not, Williams. Mitch Williams. Walk off, Grant. Yeah, walk he, off he, home. He uh, gave up series. the walk off and uh, to Joe Carter. But yeah, but you know who else gave up a walk off? Not a home run, but a walk off loss in the World Series was Mariano Rivera. Ah, mm. yes. To the it, Arizona Diamondbacks, and he Luis of course went down as the greatest. The greatest uh, closer in the history of baseball, even though us Trevor Hoffman fans might uh, want to argue that a little bit. But uh, no, I thought it was a good topic, and I don't think there is. I, I think even though these other answers, I think blowing a kick, you know, as uh, Tyler Bass did for the Buffalo Bills the other day, is probably the loneliest feeling you could have in all of sports. I, I don't think there's one worse. I saw him on the bench. You know? The reason I thought about this was I saw him on the bench even when they were still the game was still being played, and he looked like he wanted to crawl into a hole and never come out. I mean, it was a classy move by Josh Allen waiting for him at the as they were walking off the field and kind of gave him classy. a hug. I think specifically because of how kickers are viewed by their team <laughs> – and by the outside world, it probably is the most long. I mean, they practice by themselves. That's true, yeah. They're they're like basically, you know, segregated away from where the regular yeah. regular players are. They they are you often on the sideline by themselves. And, you know, I, I think because of that, because a closer's with his team, right? He's with his team until he goes out for that ninth inning and it's him. 
um, was a, a goalie. Yeah, he's by himself during the game, but he's for the most part a part of the team. I think the kicker is probably the worst the worst spot to be in. The only other thing that I could even think that would rival the feeling that Tyler Bass must have, and this isn't in a team sport, but I remember a golfer by the name of Sandy Lyle. Oh yeah. Who was at the Masters in the mid eighties and had a one foot putt on eighteen to win the Masters and missed it oh and then lost in the playoff to nick faldo and by the way as great as nick faldo is look up his career he was the recipient of all kinds of lucky things like that that helped him win his (laughs) majors that's that's a tough one to have because he ended up winning that masters and and he would have never won it of course the guy missed a one-foot putt and never lived it down but but in the same time he was only letting himself down. He wasn't right. letting down the entire team right? and an entire city and an entire. Uh Oh, uh Oh. All right. Well, it was a good, it was, it was good. pretty crazy. Oh, there you uh, go. We lost you there. Yeah, for we lost you for one second. What? Can you hear my back? Yeah, you know, you're yeah. back. now. Well, I had a phone call come in. So ah, I- <laughs> there you go. Yes. I can hear you now. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there, you know, you bring up Sandy Lyle, but there was also uh, Jean Vandeveld. All right, we're the... back. <laughs> Can you hear me, Chris? Oh, that that was a massive failure. He's yeah. super delayed. Okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on, Chris. You're delayed. <laughs> Hang up and call right back. We're gonna check on you in the the commercial break because you're a little bit behind. Yeah, but that, yeah. that phone call put him put him about another five seconds behind us there. Uh, yeah, Vandeveld. I don't know. Do you remember him, Tony? I don't. Uh, John Vandeveld. He was 1999, the Open Championship, and he came to the last hole up a bunch, and he ended up hitting it into this like little moat thing, and then he couldn't. Get hit it out of the moat thing and then he just everybody was like oh my god he cannot take another shot and then it was like still in the moat why didn't he just take the penalty because at a certain point you're you've already penalized yourself by trying this so if you take a penalty just gonna be additional so he took too many shots he took a lot of shots before he decided to uh, did he eventually take he got out eventually (laughs) um oh man he had to take. He did have to take a penalty drop. I'm remembering remembering this kind of backwards, but he had a six in that. But he came to the the final tee, like winning with it in hand, and he ended up just losing Botching everything. It. Yeah, so same with uh, Adam Scott. He did that. I don't know how many he was up, but Ernie Els came from behind. Adam Scott like collapsed, and after they asked him, "Well, what are you gonna? How are you gonna handle this?" and he was like, "I'm going to." The European mountain. I'm going to the Alps and turning off all electronics and just sitting there for days. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. When we get Chris back, I got to get his uh, take on his defensive coordinator being out. Chris, are you there? Nick Fangio. I think I am. Okay, you're, you're I, better I think now. I am. You're better now. Nick, uh, okay. Chris, did you see the Vic Fangio news? No, I didn't see that. It must have just happened moments ago. Yeah, out as the Dolphins uh, defensive coordinator, now a top target for the Eagles. In terms of that yeah. uh, same position, I don't, I, I don't know what you can, why you blame that guy. He had six uh, starters out on defense in the playoffs, but you know, obviously Miami thinks they're going to do better. I, I, I think he did an all right job, uh, and to me, their offense was what failed them the most in the in December yeah. and in the playoffs. So I, I don't agree with that, but 
you know, when you're not on the inside, you don't know exactly what's going on. We'd, so. be, we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't talk about our Aztecs last night, taking care of business at home. We can get into the thick of it um, on the other side, but good win for, for the Aztecs. Uh, after a complete, I don't want to say slow start, but just what you expect in a Mountain West Conference game. Yeah, Wyoming was 3-2. and two. I mean, it wasn't like they were a gimme. And, uh, you know, they say that good teams win, great teams cover uh, the spread. The Aztecs weren't a great team last night. They didn't cover the spread, but they were plenty good enough to, to pull away in the second half. And I just love it when Lamont Butler has that good of a game because he's such a great kid. And yeah. it's wonderful to see him play like that. He was outstanding last night. Britt Sobleski joins us uh, in the later in this hour. We'll talk a little bit about the AFC NFC Championship matchups. It's, uh, I mean, in one set one set of the games you got like the the David versus Goliath. The other you got two heavyweights standing in the middle of the ring. It should be uh, it should be a fun weekend of, of sports again. You got Goliath versus Goliath. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. By the way, I'm good. All right. Um, no, I don't know why I did that. Go ahead, Chris. No, I want to hear. <laughs> I'm bringing up Brock Purdy. Oh, because I thought we were going <laughs> to. I thought we were going to stall for a second. But uh, so I have been known to not be the biggest Pat McAfee fan in the world. Oh, now you love Pat. Huh? I, on this particular take, Pat McAfee is spot on, and I can't play it because there's a lot of swear words in it. But basically, what he said was. Why is everybody being so mean to Brock Purdy when this so dude... So mean. Will you calm down? <laughs> he said so he's... why. No, he didn't say that. I can't say what Pat McAfee said because it was bleep, 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 bleep. But he basically said Brock Purdy has done nothing but continue to work his way up. He was Mr. Irrelevant, came to the team as a third-string emergency quarterback, found his way to the backup, found his way to the starter, then... He finds his way into a season where he is the starter, and he's leading categories in uh, around the NFL, like QBR and all that stuff, and, and yards per attempt, stuff like that. And everybody's giving him a hard time. This dude uh, I, has really worked for everything he's got. I he's not a number one pick. I think that's fake news. I really that's not do. fake news. I think it's fake news. I don't think anybody's saying he's bad or he's not great. I just say huh? I just think they're saying he's not on the level of Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I think that's all they're saying. And if you're not in the elite three, oh my gosh, the world's not coming to. There an are end. a lot of people saying he's not a good quarterback. I don't. I haven't heard one person. You say know, the he's only person that I've heard, the only person I've heard say that he's not a good quarterback is one Matthew Stravey, who said that after Brock Purdy <laughs> threw four interceptions against the Ravens. No, a few I did weeks not ago. say that. You're I the only that, person man. I've heard say that. I said that after the Vikings <laughs> lost, not. Oh, so you did say it. It was just after a different. It game. was out of emotion. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we'll see if you still feel this way Monday. If he has a tough time, oh, he's my guy. He's my guy. That's what we'll he's see. My guy. All right. We'll see if you stay with him. All right, stay with us. Gwen and Chris underway for a Wednesday. Lots of good stuff to come between now and 6 o'clock on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 221 on the clock. Tony Gunn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Gravy, Chris out and Logan. Lady Aztecs. What time's the game tonight? Uh, five o'clock, Tony Gwynn Jr. Five o'clock. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I never usually do this, but I got such a great question from the YouTube chat. Oh, let's hear it. Before we get into the Aztecs, it's from Nate Taylor. And Nate, I cannot believe that you asked this because I noticed the same thing the other day. Just put it on the screen, on the stream, if What's you want to watch on YouTube. It's about Tony. It says... Oh. How many different color wedding rings <laughs> does Tony have? <laughs> One for every hat. And it's funny that Nate says this because the other day I noticed that Tony had a an orange wedding ring on, but he also has a white one on today. So very good observation, Nate. That's wild that you guys are paying that close attention, first of all. Uh, I have probably about four or five different colors. And I, they don't match my hats. I just happen to have a black and white hat on that goes with the white ring but it that's not usually how to go the orange one only reason why i have a different one is i i had i was in my old school the other day and i think it the orange one fell out of my pocket i had put some lotion on my hands and i kind of took my ring off mm. in order to put it on and so i think it fell out and so i didn't have time to look for it before i came to work so i threw on a white one but that's very uh observant nate very observant very observant guess what nate if you observe me on the chat you will notice the following, that I don't have my wedding ring right now. And I have to tell you guys that I am in a major panic uh, at the uh-oh. moment. Uh-oh. 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 I've been here before. Now, here's the first thing I can say. My wife is out at the golf today, so I don't think she's the listening golf. to the show. That's <laughs> Okay. However, somebody will probably pass this news along to don't, her. Don't. If you're listening, don't. That's not fair. Well, I don't think I can stop them. <laughs> I took my wedding ring off Monday night to go referee, which I always do. Haven't we been and there yes, we before? Yes, but this time it fell out of my bag in my wife's car. Oh. And if you've ever seen, I was driving her car because of all the rain. And if you've ever seen my wife's car, it looks like most people's closets. There are 10,000 items in her car. Really? Every time I've been in her car, it's been very clean. 
Well, uh, you've caught it on a good day. But, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I looked for my wedding ring Monday night for about a half an hour in the mess that is her car. And I have not found it yet, guys. Uh-oh. And I'm telling you, I know it's in that car somewhere. But I better find it you soon. Know, you know, I have had the I have had the same exact gold wedding band for all thirty four years of marriage, and I don't think that's going to go over too well if I don't end up finding. Well, you know it. what this means is that you're going to end up having to clean that car. Is what it, is what it means, and you might. That's the only chance you have of finding this ring. Is you have to. I mean, it could be underneath one of the seats. I mean, you don't know where it could have ended up. <laughs> Yeah, so. man. Uh, good luck with that. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, with that. guys. Thanks. Yeah, this might be the last you see of me. <laughs> the, the Aztecs uh, got a victory over the Wyoming Cowboys last night. It didn't start uh, with uh, the way it ended. Let's just say that the, the Aztecs really dominate in the second half um, after a slow start in the first half, which was a back and forth game, really, in the first half. But uh, Jaden Ledee. Had a great game, another 17 points for him. As Chris mentioned before we went to break, Lamont Butler was terrific. Darian Trammell was a was a spark plug off the bench, uh, and they were able to win that game. Yeah, they did not cover, but they did get another victory in the Mountain West. They moved to 5-2 and two in league, 16-4 and four overall, Chris. I'm very happy about that, and I saw some people on Twitter say that it was a sloppy win. That was not a sloppy win, people. They only turned the ball Twice. over two times yeah. the entire game. I, I don't know that I've ever even heard of that yeah. for a college basketball game. 15 to and two both turnovers. Of their turnovers. Yeah, right. Their two turnovers came in about a 20-second span of the second half. They had no turnovers in the first half, and yet they were only winning by two points. What does that tell you? It tells you that Wyoming was shooting lights out, which they, were, they were, and the Aztecs couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, which was true. They missed 10 straight three-point shots at one point. But here's what I liked about what the Aztecs did in the second half. They finally decided, you know what, guys? We can't make a three-point shot tonight, so we're going to have to work a little harder and get some twos. And that's what they did, and that's what really turned the game around. They kind of you know, made the adjustment on the fly, and I think that's what good teams do. And then the three-point shot started to come back to them later in the game, but... You know, I thought their ability to, you know, get it into Ladee and Labont Butler able to penetrate and get, you know, into the little creases of the defense, create some easier baskets, that's what helped them pull away. And that and the fact, I mean, if you don't turn the ball over, I mean, that's Man. incredible, only two they, turnovers for a whole game. They turned the Cowboys over 15 times. That laid to 19 yeah. points. 19 right. 19-0 in points off a of turnover. So even the turn, two turnovers they had – the the, right. the Cowboys didn't score on those, so they didn't actually hurt. No. And when you take twenty seven shots in the second half and you made eighteen of them, it's gonna be a right. it's gonna be a tough road for for any team, especially the way the Aztecs play defense. But another big win right. for them. You, you talked about the second half adjustments. That was one of the things Dutcher talked about after the game that there was no really raw raw speech or you know having to to get these guys up. They knew what they had to do. They gave them a few. Um, adjustments to make, and they they execute it to perfection. They'll play again uh, against Colorado State at Colorado State. Should be a, it's going to yeah. be a tough matchup for sure. Well, that'll be really tough. The one good thing the Aztecs have going for them in that game is that it's not till next Tuesday. Right, they get some time so off. So they get they're getting seven days off. They I, I didn't know this, but going into the game last night, 
they had had less time off than their opponent in every game this season in the conference. So the way the schedule worked out, they were getting two days rest. Their opponents were getting three days rest or more or coming off of a bye. So this time the Aztecs get some rest. And normally when they get rest, they come back and play really well because they get a week's worth of coaching. And I, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, it's going to be real tough to win at Colorado State. But this is a this sets up to be a good time to do it. Yeah, that game will be on CBS Sports. That's a 7 p.m. Mountain Time start, so 6 p.m. here Pacific, Pacific Time. Excuse me. Um, but just another good game for, for the Aztecs. And, you know, many people, as you said, will, will say it was sloppy really because of the first half. And I think the expectation now that the Aztecs have built is that people think they're going to come in here and just, you know, especially at home, and beat on teams. And what we're learning in the Mountain West, whether you're home or whether you're away, these these games are, are not gonna they're not gonna go as scripted in most cases. Right. And one thing we know, Tony, uh, you know, as a competitor out there, every team that plays the Aztecs gives them their best, best shot, shot, without a doubt. Because the Aztecs were in the championship last year. I mean, everybody wants that to can't knock go. Them off. That can't go. We can't can't like just push 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 that under the rug. Like the fact that right. this team was in a national championship last year means that everybody. Comes coming here or, you know, hosting the Aztecs are trying to knock off a team that they saw on TV as one of the last two teams standing last year. Yeah, it's a big deal. And yeah. it's one of the reasons why these teams, I mean, San Jose State played them great. UNLV played them tough. Wyoming's played. Hi, Chris Ello, Tony Glenn Jr., Matt Scraby. Gwen and Chris back underway. 2.36 is the time. Brent Sebleski, one of the best from Bleacher Report to uh, break down the NFL playoffs coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, guys, we should welcome to San Diego today the uh, some of the greatest golfers in the world getting underway at the uh, Torrey Pines Farmers Insurance Open. And uh, Scraby, you're, you're kind of our golf expert here. Uh, according to my calculations, we've got 86 golfers under par. Okay. On day one of the tournament, is that because of the wet conditions? Does that make it easier for them today? No, it makes it it makes it way harder. Other. Really, I would think yes. softer greens. Well, and... The greens are softer. That yeah, does that's what help I would them think. stop the ball. But when you're driving the ball, it doesn't roll as far. When you get in that rough, oh yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, and it's I can it, see that. and with all the ray that we got earlier, it's probably really heavy. I wonder how many of those guys that are under par are on the north course because they put that in play the first two days. So you play the north and the south. Right. The first I don't know. I, I mean, that I, I didn't break that down, but I did see that 80, 80, 86 guys are under par. Patrick Cantlay is our leader right now out there at Torrey Pines. He's seven under par, and I don't know if he played the north or south course I'm today. I'm right uh, now. I will say oh, Scraby. Okay. probably check that out. I, I will say Scraby and I have been watching the, the featured uh, group uh, that has Xander Shoffley yes. in it. And he brought something to my attention that I don't know that I've ever paid attention to, but now I, I'm, like, obsessed with watching it. <laughs> Sanders Shoffley takes forever to actually hit the ball. He he got up over the ball oh, at, really? one, at one point. <laughs> he got over it. He's, like, doing his little shimmy. Yeah. He took his top hand off or his right it's hand like off. It's like his routine. And, and then he put it back on, and then he, like, just stood there. And, I and I and you know, we I remember we've had discussions about, golfers complaining about other golfers being slow 
After watching, I'm pretty sure these guys complain about him often. I don't know that they complain about him, but I do know that he's one of the slower players on tour. Uh, Jason Day, people used to hate playing with Jason Day. And that's just a comfort thing. That's just a part of his routine. Yeah, part of his routine is to take nine hours to hit one shot. <laughs> but the Bryson DeChambeau was also the guy. Remember when Brooks was like, Pointing at his oh, watch during right. the U.S. That's Open, right. I think it was, or one of those big tournaments, because he takes forever, too. But to answer your question, Chris, everybody except for one in the top seven, which is a lot of golfers, five under and up are on the north course. So that's like maybe 15, 20 golfers. Right. Yeah, the north course is always easier. Our guy Charlie Hoffman shot a two under today. Nice. So if you're out there, Charlie... Stay at him. He's only five shots off the lead oh, after wow. day one. Oh, wow. He did one. it on the south course, too. That's the harder oh, course. Oh, even better, course. Charlie. Even I better. I think it's a three-shot difference. good to difference. hear, Charlie. Well, hey, two under on the south. He shoots. He goes low tomorrow on the north. Charlie could be a factor on the weekend. That would be Well, awesome. it's not really the weekend here because <laughs> yeah. it's Friday and the Saturday. Weekday. But uh, the weekday weekend. Good luck, Charlie Hoffman and all the guys and hope everybody's having fun out at uh, Torrey Pines and the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, we're going to have Brent Sebleski, as I said, joining us here in just a couple of seconds to talk about the NFL playoffs. And we've got, as Tony mentioned, David versus Goliath in the NFC Championship game. Goliath versus Goliath in the AFC Championship game. So... We'll see how it goes on Sunday. I, you know, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, the divisional playoff rounds. I mean, three of the four games were just really outstanding, all the way to the fourth quarter. And uh, you know, we're getting great football. I mean, this is why we tune in every Sunday and watch the National Football League. And T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Joining us is Brent Sebleski from Bleacher Report. Brent, always great to have you on. How you doing today? This is a fantastic time of year for NFL fans. It very much is. Now, the weather, for someone in Ohio sitting in a man van while it's pouring down rain and my son's at a guitar lesson, that's a whole different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. The weather wasn't hasn't been great. I mean, some of these games have certainly been affected by the weather, but, you know, this is what – it's interesting. You know, you play a whole NFL season and then – Playoff football is is different, and, and it's not just different because of the intensity. It's different because of the style of play, and you know the the great teams are the ones that can adapt in in January, aren't they, Brent? I agree, and you know I think when you go on a Super Bowl run, it's a culmination of factors, right? It's talent, it's depth, and where you are from an injury standpoint, it's good coaching, and you've got to sprinkle in a little bit of that lightning in the bottle, right? Catching. 
catching a team at a right time or igniting at the right time as an offensive unit. And I'll use the Kansas City Chiefs as a perfect example, right? What we see from them now offensively is different than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Yes, the talent overall is relatively the same. But when you have Isaiah Pacheco, who you can bring in and run downfield like he's the juggernaut and at <laughs> 210 pounds with that physicality, that's, that establishes a new identity, right? And it's not just him. It's now beyond Travis Kelsey. It's, you now have Rasheed Rice, who up until this last game had led Kansas City in targets in the six previous games. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling making big plays down the field. That's why you come away with a huge win in Buffalo, because you are getting play from players you didn't expect earlier in the year. You caught that lightning in a bottle, and now you're peaking at the correct time. And obviously, Brett, these playoff games are, are going to be and have been exceptional this far. Before we get into that, though, I want to ask you a little bit about this coaching carousel that we got going. Uh, Bill Belichick seems to be, at least he started out being the guy for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like it's slowed up a little bit. Uh, Harbaugh cancels a meeting with the Falcons. It's seemed to be reported that the Chargers have the end. How do you see... Those two franchises in particular, who do you see them end up with the head coach? Well, when it comes to the Chargers, I still believe that Jim Harbaugh is the favorite. If, I, if I'm correct, I'm, he's still in town as we're speaking. So um, that's a situation where he would feel most comfortable and should because it's the most it has the most potential of all the openings based purely on the fact you have Justin Herbert as quarterback. Yeah. None of the other openings, you're walking into a job with a bona fide franchise quarterback. Sorry, Carolina, you picked wrong at number one overall. <laughs> so when it came to that, if he wants to leave a really cushy job, arguably the best job in America right now in Michigan, then you do so for the Chargers. Now, Atlanta's different, and I think a lot of that has to do on multiple factors. One, um, I, I, the juxtaposition of the way this – interview process and ongoing is fascinating to me right now your potential lead candidates right are bill belichick who if hired would be the oldest head coach in the nfl or bobby slowick who if hired would be the youngest head coach in the nfl oh, wow. and, and that's and that's really that's really the division that you're seeing within that hiring process they want to go through it they want to see which guy is best fit for them and that's absolutely what they should do it shouldn't just be well it's bill belichick look at my resume Okay, well, that resume has not been good lately, and by all reports, you want to bring with you Josh McDaniels, Matt oh. Patricia, oh. Joe Judge. Why would you want those guys necessarily? <laughs> Furthermore, we don't know um, yet whether Bill Belichick is demanding any type of say in personnel matters, okay? So if you're Los Angeles, as an example, and Jim Harbaugh comes in and he wants to have a say in general manager, you can do that. If you're Atlanta, your general manager is already in place and has been for the last couple of years. So I think that's why you see a little more variation with Atlanta, with them trying to figure out what direction they ultimately want to take, whereas the charges, it seems a little more straightforward. Brent Sabluski is with us from Bleacher Report. We are uh, excited every time we get a chance to talk some football with him. Brent, the Detroit Lions, I, I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say they've been the most, uh, you know, most unsuccessful franchise, not just in football, but maybe in all the sports. I mean, when you don't win a playoff, you win one playoff game in 65 years. But now here they are sitting on the precipice of their first Super Bowl, uh, you know, and they got to beat the 49ers to get it. How did Dan Campbell, how did the Lions go from where they've always been to where they are now? 
Well, as again, sitting in Ohio, I'm sure there was Browns fans listening to the way you framed that. Like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> then again, Detroit probably does have that argument, and I, I want to start a petition to get that game played in Detroit this weekend, just because it would be such an amazing atmosphere. It's it's truly special to watch and. You try to detach yourself when you're analyzing these games and these teams, but it's hard not to root for them. It really is because of everything they endure, because of that fan base. You see all these wonderful introspective stories before the games about the, the 90-year-old Lions season ticket holder or the guy's dad who passed away and he wants to see the team win in his honor and so on and so forth. It's, just, it's wonderful, and it's those stories that make sports amazing. With that said – to you answer your question, it's just about building properly and putting in the infrastructure necessary to win long-term. And that's where Detroit really faltered. And whether we're going back to when they had Matthew Stafford, a number one overall pick, um, and how he was basically beat all up during his time, hit more than any other quarterback during that stretch he was with the organization, much like Andrew Luck had to endure with the Indianapolis Colts. That's how you ruin great players, great talents. You, you're not patient with certain coaches. Dave, David Caldwell did a great job with the Lions. But you know what? Nine and seven wasn't good enough, so you hired Matt Patricia. Come on, people. So – now you go out and get the people that create the philosophies of who you want to be in an identity and you stick to that and you adhere to it and you and you now have a team that's built the way you imagined and they're playing like it. That I know it it sounds vague, but it's the reality of the NFL that if you, as long as ever an organization's all pulling in the same direction, that's when you often find the most success. Chris Sobleski joins us here and breaking down these championship weekend games and let's stay in that Detroit San Francisco game after this past weekend there has been a lot of conversation about Brock Purdy and where he falls listen I think two things can be true right Brock Purdy is a is is an excellent young quarterback and he seems to be getting better you know as he goes out there but where do we put him in terms of the class right I think Mahomes is at the top of that class. Josh Allen, I would have to say, is still at the top of that class. Where does Brock Purdy fall in these young quarterbacks, whether we're talking Mahomes or or Jackson or um, or, or Josh Allen? I mean, and, and, and we're missing uh, my man from Cincinnati who was hurt all year, uh, Joe Burrow. Where does he fall in the list of these young quarterbacks? Well, first of all, thank you for pointing out that he is a young quarterback, right? Yeah. We're, we're, he's supposed to be Joe Montana at this point, and he's not even done with year two as a starter. And furthermore, not only he's not done with year two, he missed almost the entirety of the preseason and offseason because of uh, elbow surgery on his throwing arm. So there's obviously you're going to experience ups and downs with any young quarterback. I mean, we, we have become so spoiled with guys like Lamar Jackson and yeah. Patrick Mahomes and yeah. Josh Allen that we forget what it took to develop them to that point. They didn't step in the league and were automatically great. Mahomes didn't even start his rookie year. Uh, you, uh, Lamar didn't start to what? The last two games of his rookie year, or four right. games. Josh Allen took three to four years before he finally put it all together. It takes time. And physically, he's not on that level, right? I, I find it fascinating if you look at the two matches, matchups this coming weekend based on the, just on the quarterbacks. You have two trendsetters, guys that revolutionized the way we look at the quarterback position playing in AFC, that being Patrick Mahomes, 
and Lamar Jackson. These guys, they are so special, it's not even funny to talk about anymore. Conversely, you look at the NFC, very different. I know Jared Goff was a number one overall pick, but what you don't say with Jared Goff is he is that same creative playmaker, the guy that extends plays, that works outside of structure. These guys are more of the old-school throwbacks. You want them to be able to navigate the pocket and work efficiently within your offense. And if you're looking at that type of quarterback, pretty false, that's the type of quarterback I'm looking at. You can win at a high level in a good situation, and if you coach around him well, but at the same time, he's not going to give you that same level of play as a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Joe Burrow, and so on and so forth. So I, I put him in that next tier, not at the elite tier. There's only a handful of truly elite right. franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's not one of them yet. Brent, I mean, Patrick Mahomes against uh, Lamar Jackson. I, you, I mean, they talk about jokingly that the NFL has script writers. Well, they couldn't have written a better one than this. I mean – Lamar Jackson's the MVP this season. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP every season. Uh, I, I don't know, other than Tom Brady, there doesn't seem to be a better playoff winning quarterback. You know, maybe Montana, but Mahomes is already joining that discussion. Uh, how do you pick between the two of them on Sunday? I mean, what actually decides this game? Because I think we're looking at it as a quarterback battle, and in that regard, it's hard to see either team losing. Well, I would disagree on one point. I'll disagree that this this is the optimal situation for the NFL because could you imagine if Buffalo and Detroit were playing in the Super Bowl against each other? How amazing would that be? Seriously. Everyone in the country would be looking just to see who finally did it. No doubt. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't know how you stop a Patrick Mahomes, and that's why even though uh, – you know, they're at a, a, a significant point differential along the betting lines coming into this game. They're a away team. You know, I don't – I'm not betting against – per se. I don't actually bet, but more than my pick during the week against Patrick Mahomes because of the things I mentioned earlier, right? We can take what Baltimore's done all season, and their body of work is better than anyone else in the NFL. But – what? How are they playing at this moment? Are they at peak efficiency? And I believe the Chiefs are getting better, and they're getting better every week, and they're getting better in areas where they were weak earlier in the year. I mentioned the wide receiver. I mentioned the running games, right, how those have expanded, how um, Mahomes has gained confidence in those players. But it's not just them. It's the defense, yeah. right? We don't give enough credit to Legarius Sneed and how good he is on the outside. He is a legitimate shutdown corner. You don't give credit – to Chris Jones when he drives Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen's backside, which causes the errant throw that everyone blamed on Josh Allen, but it was really the pressure from the the all-standout defensive end that made that happen. And so when you have those type of players with their experience, I love Lamar. I love that Ravens organization, how they operate. I I just can't – it's almost like when Tom Brady or Brett Favre were in their absolute primes. You, you, You just can't pick against them. Brett, we got about 35 seconds to a minute on this last one. Detroit, 49ers, you broke down, really, I thought, perfectly the contrast between the two conferences. But can Detroit pull this off going into San Francisco, or excuse me, Santa Clara, Scravy, and uh, and getting this victory? (laughs) I believe they can. And to me, you guys, we've had these discussions long enough. You know I'm a trenches guy. And when it comes to what Detroit has, they have the best offensive line in football, mm. period. 
And as long if they can keep Goff upright, he can pick apart even San Francisco's defense. I think they have the talent on the outside with Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, you have it, Laporta at tight end. You have Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. The speed with Jamison Williams, and then the emergence of Josh Reynolds in the postseason. So I believe they have that talent. Now maybe that's me speaking with my heart a little bit because I I mentioned earlier it's hard to really root against them. <laughs> I just I just think that they may be the team of destiny this year, even as good as San Francisco is. Well, Brent, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun. We know that, and it always is this time of year. It's always great talking to you. Uh, appreciate uh, all of your insight and your passion, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, You know, down the road. It's always great having you out here in San Diego. Thanks. I'll just give you a heads up. Shoot me a line next week. I'll be down in Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Okay. We'll do Okay. <laughs> Thank you we'll, for the tip. We'll definitely do that. Brent Sobleski right there from Bleacher Report, one of our absolute favorite guests here. On Gwen and Chris, talking about the National Football League. Make you nervous, Scraby? No. I'm actually oh, okay. very calm about this game. I The more <laughs> I read about, and, and I'm not making fun of this or anything, but honestly, the more I read about the Lions and how they're they're so excited about this, is there any thought from you guys that they're they're going to be a little bit overwhelmed? And not Ooh, say Detroit? the Lions, yeah. No. I think they're too prepared to be overwhelmed. Okay. Good answer. I think they could be. You think no, they I could be I, I can see it. I can see a team getting into the into this situation. It's not the players' fault that the Lions haven't won anything <laughs> in sixty five years, but it still does follow this franchise around. And I mean the 49ers, this is I mean, people aren't talking about this enough. This is their third year in a row in the championship game. If they blow it again, you know, what what is gonna be, you know, the story about the 49ers? What's gonna be said about that team? And, and I believe that they have something to prove. I, just, I, I don't point. think people are talking enough about that part of it. I think whatever invincibility they had, they lost by the way they looked against Green Bay. So I think Detroit, watching that game, they feel pretty good about going into San Francisco. I will also say this. A lot of people, experts, are picking the Lions to win. And if you would like to make the number one seed the underdog, go for it, people. Here's the other thing. That I said yesterday, maybe been the day before. If Debo don't play, you guys are going home. He was practicing. He's going to play. Come on, just making sure you know. We'll have our picks on Friday. We'll have uh, the daily gambit when we come back on Gwen and Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey! 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 